Greetings and salutations, friends. We're back on the Only General Podcast Season 2. We're happy to share another series of interviews with you that give you insight into the minds of Trinidad and Tobago's musicians and other creators. Our goal is to document history and have some fun while we're at it. Before we get started, I want to encourage all of my listeners to take some time and visit the Caribbean Festival of Arts, a.k.a. Cari Festa, that is currently on until the 25th of August. That's this Sunday, in case you didn't know. And it's happening at various locations around Port of Spain and the rest of the country. There is art, food, music, performances, crafts, and so much more. Meet people from all over these different CARICOM countries and experience culture. Support a business or two. Interact, share, and encourage fellow content creators. Who knows? Your conversation can inspire their future work. So it's very important that we all support one another. On to today's episode. Today's guest is a very, very good friend of mine. Scott Homer is no stranger to the local scene. You can see him in Psychic Envy as well as various media projects. A knowledgeable guy, fellow gear nut, and he's an excellent resource if you need to know anything about guitars, music, sound, camera equipment. He knows it all. Hope you all enjoy this episode and learn a thing or two from him. Cue the intro music, everybody. It's podcast time. Scott Homer, welcome, 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 welcome to the Oni General Podcast. I am glad that you agreed to come on because we have known each other for a a long time. A little while. A yeah. little while, a little while. And I um, actually want to take this time um, on behalf of the people from We Are The Shepherd, myself, Jared, Stanley, Eddie Time, Sheldon, Jose, Aaron. Um, we want to thank you for letting us play Rock Avenue. Oh, of course. Back man. Yeah. in March. And that was actually a really, really, really fun time. Yeah. Um, a good show. And it's always a good time to get real loud on the avenue and have oh, yeah. people down the street want to know what the ass going on Listen, upstairs there. The greatest thing is to be on a rooftop on the avenue just playing rock music, you know? I and mean, that's, 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 the way, that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, wait. Were you were you there? That gig was the one where we had like pan going on, right? Yes, they had they had pan going on in the square at the same time. Well, yeah. When well, pan it, finished, Rock Avenue started. This was the yeah. one back in March. For people who don't know context, this was March twenty nineteen, right after Carnival. So it was a holiday plus first paycheck when people have money to burn. So the avenue was. It was pumping, yeah. It it was pumping, and that was that was really a, a good show, and it kind of set the tempo for, I think, a lot of these shows afterwards because it it kind of set the bar as like the first like big rock show for the for the year after Carnival. Yeah, I mean, we didn't expect it to be so big, but we're definitely glad that it was. You know, um, how did the Rock Avenue hold? Let's talk a little bit about Rock Avenue. Like, how did that how did that whole concept come about? Because like, again, we seems to be like pushing the waving the Rock Avenue flag. Why Rock Avenue? Well. I guess it does look like Psychic Envy. It's really just Logan and myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, rock Avenue, the name is just the name. It's because we wanted to bring rock back to the avenue. You know what I mean? Uh, we we When we were playing shows, there was a lot of shakers. And there was a couple other places, I believe, 
on the avenue. Yeah, yeah, there was a studio. Stumbling, studio. Stumbling had a couple of rock shows. And since Shakers left, there was n- nothing on the avenue. We wanted yeah. to kind of bring it back to the West. Uh, I know I know. GSD has been doing with uh, the stuff up in St. Anne's and Fusion. Uh, but, I mean... Formerly the- Coconuts for all those older heads who are listening. Oh, yeah. Uh, side out. Side out. Yeah. Repping. But we we just kind of felt like the avenue is kind of where everybody goes. And it might be a little more accessible if we could bring it back. And, oh, actually, GSD did a bunch in uh, Black Box, which is just off Murray Street. Yeah, that's also part of that. Um, Because... I just recently came back from Indianapolis last month. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I always note, every time I travel, like every city has this like hipster mecca. Yeah. And um, for some weird reason, you know, Trinidadians always catch a cold anytime America sneezes. I'm surprised we haven't adopted a district like that. Like as part of our culture where we have a bunch of like, you know, kind of semi- fun coffee shops and just plenty live venues for people just to play for playing sick. Yeah. Um I really I really don't understand why we haven't adopted that yet. And I think the Rock Avenue kind of sets a good a, a good precedent to the sense that it kind of centralizes where live music should be. Yeah. Tennis is like what are your thoughts on say the entire district of Woodbrook as like a music mecca possibly? I mean I feel like there was a lot more music. And I mean, thanks to Three Canal and Black Box, there's, there is still music there. Uh, but recently, it feels like on the avenue, if there is live music, it's somebody singing to a track. Yeah. And that's cool. But we, we really, I mean, we, we play in bands, right? So we, we want to see some live instruments and we want to see that happening. And Ember kind of tried to do it for a while. Um but I, I always thought Emba was a little bit of a weird space because it's outside and you have to pay to go inside, but you're like two feet away from the stage if you just stand by the wall. Yeah. So what what is going to stop people from just chilling outside, you know? Or, I, or I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, if yeah, the yeah. venue's full, then there's an overflow and it's just people on the pavement and then, you know police are going to pass and, and, and fire shut, safety. And shut the whole yeah, thing yeah. down as they normally do. But I think that um, because Woodbrook, Woodbrook in our culture, Woodbrook and Belmont and that section of Trinidad holds a lot of cultural significance in the arts. Because yeah. when you when you go through Woodbrook and you look at the history of like, you know, Carnival and stuff like that in Woodbrook, like on the avenue, I remember growing up, you had some fairly big mass camps in that area yeah you, you had Mitchell on French Street and then you had um Barbarossa where the white gallery is right yeah and you had Elsie the young off on one of the side I think it's Alfredo Street towards and it just always seemed like a mecca of culture so it was only fitting that eventually we kind of graduated to that point where we'll kind of keep it oh yeah I mean I don't know if you've ever been to Idlewood which is like right across the road from uh like Jaffa and, and All Out and stuff yeah. Um, and that's a great cultural space. There's so many like poetry nights and and uh, like Idlewood musicians is located and stuff. Where? Is that like by um drink bar on the Y? No, Idlewood is you know where Studio is. Yes, rumors upstairs. Yes, so it's it's actually behind Studio. Really? Yeah. So you go up the stairs, but instead of sort of when you reach that landing and it splits into two, instead of taking the left to go to Studio, you take the right. 
and it goes it goes to Idlewood. Because I've I've passed I've I've been to studio for I think we Trace we went there for like a pop up shop. They had like an art night. Yeah. And a pop up shop and we went and we kinda checked it out. I mean it's it's a cool location on Drag Reed Road. Um part of my problems with Drag Reed Road is the fact that they wreck Oh yeah. A lot. Yeah. But it seems like that little area, I guess you can probably if you were to draw like the hipster area of Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> yeah. It would probably start from Little Carib Theatre. Oh yeah. Um, up to probably I say all out because you need a little, you know, sports bar, and then you include Invaders Panyard and Studio, and then you yeah, you, you gotta cut, include Invaders. You cut down that little street right there, and then you have Drink. You have Drink, yeah. And then you head further down, and you have the barbecue place, Brooklyn Bar and Alice Yard. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, that, it's it seems like I think the business owners in that area should really get together and do something to develop that area yeah. i mean in terms for like live music and stuff because these are the things i sit down um i i watch because when i travel i always try to take some time to you know experience culture because when i was like right. i was like yeah guys i'm going to indianapolis people watch me like what am in indianapolis you know because it's it's like in the middle of nowhere it um, kind of is yeah i mean i went to gear fest for christ's sake and, and, yeah, Fort yeah, yeah. and that's in the middle of nowhere but the city itself because we ended up in a record shop called Square Cat Vinyl. Interesting. And um, there's it's a record shop plus a bar plus a coffee shop all into one. Oh. And they serve pretty good coffee and they had about 32 beers like on, on site in nice. Pan. But when we were there, they were actually doing a showcase. Right. Where um I think it was called Third Sunday or something like that, where basically there's this one guy who goes around and finds local talent and he brings them in. Yeah. And sits them down on a small stage that they have set up and it were these three girls, like these girls like clearly look like they play in bands, like, you know, tattoos and punk rock or whatever. Yeah. And they're they're singing like, you know, soulful music. One of them's like, I only play bass and I'll picked up guitar, but I write my music. Right. Um it, it was just a cool vibe in the middle of the city. And I feel like, you know, these kind of districts and stuff that like Trinidad needs to start putting some effort behind. Because I think that we have a lot of talent here that no, they don't have a platform to speak. Oh, definitely. I mean, part of it is I see through my work, uh, I, I do a lot of work. Or I did a lot of work with younger artists. Yeah. Uh, and especially in sort of the dance hall and rap game, you know what I mean? Mostly in the hip hop sort of side of things. And seeing these guys, they like, they cross genres now. They don't, they don't know what it is. They just, they just want to write music. It's kind yeah. of rooted in hip hop, but it's, it's its own thing now. And the future feels like it's going to be in good hands musically. Like, there's a lot of younger people. I mean, people like Kaz Fuego, Jimmy October, Jay Naj. These guys are doing amazing music. And they're kind of killing it right now. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe not radio play. Maybe they're not. I mean, Jimmy's on some big gigs. You know, NZ um, is sort of kind of coming back around. He hasn't put out some stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but these guys, like... They have so many small events, you know, in Idlewood and in uh, what is that place? Grundlow's Collective, I believe. I, I yeah, 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 yeah. You um, know, yeah. I think I'm pro Trini had something there not too long ago because you know Scars and Riyadi Shepherd and they had oh, an yeah. event right there not too long ago where they they had a good turnout. But yeah, 
So these guys are doing these like small events that are just like them and a mic with some tracks. And I've been to like one or two and it's really great to see the kind of outpouring of love that their audience has. Yeah. You know, uh, and when you like tune into these guys' social media, it's like it's they're always being shown love. And I love that, you know, I, I wish uh, I don't know how to translate that to the rock scene. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the rock scene nowadays has has a lot of like, you know, unnecessary fight down. And I think it's a lot of like backbiting and classism that's that's been deep rooted in the scene for a long time. And yeah. every now and again it kinda rears his ugly head because stupid petty nonsense. Y- yeah. I, I mean, mean But I, in comparison, the rap scene and stuff like that, like how would you compare it in the sense that like um in terms of like reaching out to new fans are they like stagnant as they're still singing to the same people all the time or do you think that they like bring in new fans who particularly won't see themselves going to like an underground like rap show on the hip-hop scene yeah oh man uh i know i know it's kind of a tough question to ask yeah. but it's it's like because i'm curious because i've always been like because i've seen these guys like brave boy and stuff like that like, they, they, right. they're praying primarily you know they say they're hip-hop artists yeah um like, when you think about the urban community of Trinidad and Tobago, like the last thing you want to associate them with is with, with Americanized hip-hop. You automatically want to think that they're into, like, the so-called dance hall. Right. You know, which I always found interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of the culture and stuff that we follow, it comes from the Americas, and it always seems like, we, for some weird reason, we can't support our own people singing rap music. Yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm not I I feel like I'm not educated enough to speak about hip hop, but to me it seems like in hip hop it's like uh it's it's to me it's akin to if I play a blues lick, right? Yeah, uh, and my style is primarily rooted in blues, I would say, and. Oh well, let's 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 cut to the chase. It's it's rooted in the pentatonic scale. I I don't know anything else, and and I know all the positions. And, I and think the it. majority of the people <laughs> that just heard pentatonic scale have no idea what that is. You're yeah. safe, Scott. Don't yeah, worry. yeah. So so I mean, to me, like when when I learn to play, uh, I don't really know theory or anything. I kind of learn licks. I lift those licks and I translate them into my own playing. I mean, even growing up, I used to go to uh to see. Specifically, Joel Beezer and Nigel Rojas were my yeah. like my two heroes. I would go to a show, and I'm like 16, uh, 17, and I would go to the show. I would like stare intently at their hands and figure it out, and then come back home and learn to play it or write it down like immediately. You this know? was before YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. Oh this yeah, 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 yeah. You had to learn this shit by seeing. Oh yeah, I could. I didn't even know how to read a tab, bro. You know. Yeah, yeah. This is gosh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> And uh, so for hip-hop, it feels like they find a flow uh, from, I guess, primarily American artists. You know, I mean, I could be very wrong, but this is how I see it. They find a flow. They kind of work on that flow until it becomes their own. Okay. and then- You know, just the same way I, I pick up a lick and I will play it 500 times until I'm not playing that lick, but I'm playing my version of that lick, you know? Yeah, I, I hear you. And, you know, from my limited experience with the Pro Trini guys that I do 
work with on a regular basis. I see Scar yeah. like all the time and practice, but you yeah. know, I know the other guys like Wanky and Engineer and things. They Frost and those guys when they when they put their heads together to to write stuff, it's pretty deep, intense stuff that they're singing about. And I mean, even though they're rapping, yeah. you can still tell is Trini's yeah, yeah. rapping. They they kind of make it unique in that regard. And I always I always found that fascinating, as opposed to like you sit down and look at some of our comparison, our local rock. Right. Um it almost blends in with the foreign stuff and you really can't tell the difference between the two. Yeah, yeah. I mean with the Pro Trini guys, they used to be in a what was the name of that group, Macasmiastic or something, right? Yeah, yeah, Macasmiastic. And and I, they were the first guys that I was turned on to that as a group and as a collective were like trying to be as local as possible with their flow, with their cadence, with the the uh, the way they pronounced words, you know, was 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 pretty local. And I mean, of course, there were there were other rappers. I mean, uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Nature Dharma. Uh, I have no his, idea. Is is like uh, yeah, but he he he's like oh my god, you you need to know who this guy is because he's number one, like one of the most prolific Trini rappers, yeah. and number two, he plays guitar not only left-handed but upside down. Oh, that's pretty intense. And he rips guitar. He's like maybe top five Trinidad guitarists what? ever. Wow. Yeah, not nah, for for me, for me, for you, you know. Well, well, though, I, I mean, everybody everybody has an opinion on these things. But if you say he's top five, I mean, no, I'll believe yeah, you. Yeah, he's ridiculous. He's and his rap is ridiculous. You know what I mean? And oh, man, it's going to bug me. I, I It's going to bug name. you until you find out who yeah, it is. Or yeah, if yeah, you yeah. don't remember by the time we finish. I'm, I'm going to blurt it out at some gonna, point. Yeah, yeah. Just like, That's the guy. That's that guy, yeah. If anything, you just leave it in the comments below. So yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, this is just tag his Facebook. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We spoke about you, whoever you got upside down, left-handed guy who raps. Yeah, no, he's he's he, yeah, he's amazing. But I mean, it's like I, there's there seems to be always be, especially like incorporating because I'm in a band where we try to incorporate rap, we try to incorporate soca, and right. Sometimes when we want to do it, people will be like, I don't know if we should do that at this gig because they're gonna people gonna be like. You sure you want to do that because they mightn't like it you, you know what i mean like I, I sometimes i feel like especially in the rock community we seem to be very close-minded when it comes to a lot of things oh yeah when when you want to learn new things and what's really funny is you sit down and you look at some of those modern rappers yeah and they're taking a lot of their inspiration and stuff from death metal Oh, of course. I um, mean, there, there, there's so much inspiration from just rock music on a whole that it's it's amazing to see. And, and I feel like, I mean, I may be wrong and my fingers are crossed, but I'm hoping that that leads to a little bit more rock in rap. And since hip hop is doing so well right now, hopefully that means we get a little more rock. You I know mean, what I mean? I mean, you, you sit down, you, think, you, look, you look at the era of what happened. I mean, and you had the new metal phase in the late 90s. Oh, can we not talk about that? No, we have, uh, I, coincidentally, we have to talk about it right now because <laughs> we're kind of touching these things. Yeah. Um, You had that new metal phase where it got, Limbiskin had a hook, Corn had a hook because it was that West Coast feel. And 
you then it got severely commercialized by MTV. And then every Monday morning you had a new metal band come out. A new new metal band. Oh yeah. Um and then it suddenly basically got killed off with the rise, sudden popularity of Linkin Park. And then the EDM vibe started to pull in. Because if you notice, it went hand in hand. If you look at some of the beats that yeah. Linkin Park was developed around, it was basically like an EDM driven. Like, in my eyes, you look and then you had this series of... Yeah, and you had bands like, like Enter Shikari that had a lot of like EDM influence. They would have like EDM breakdowns and stuff with guitar, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We call that um, share core. Yeah. You know, because they're using like auto-tune and stuff like that. You know, like yeah. Mindscape's new album. Um, <laughs> I kid, I kid. But no, but you know what? But you see, there's a progression. But however, the underground rap artists stayed true. But they seemed like those guys that listened to that scene in the metalcore scene in the early 2000s, the new, mo- new metal scene, yeah. have now that they're teenagers and in their 20s, they're starting to adopt that into their music. And they're pulling in a lot of the metalcore ideals. Yeah. Into even, for example, this guy, Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, yeah. To an extent with Rap Devil, you listen to the beat. It's not your typical rap beat. There's basically the interval. It's like it's like basically a 0-2-3, which is like typical metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and there's a bunch of these young uh, Post guys. Post Malone does it as well, too. He, he, he incorporates some rock in his stuff. Exactly. And... It seems like that's where the cult con- counterculture is now. Yeah. We we no longer have these heavy bands showing you off how angry they are, but instead it's coming from this individual tattooed up rap artist. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, like, okay, so the l- younger local guys, they do it with, not with so much rock, but they, they, they'll take a little soca, they'll take a little dance hall, you know, they'll put it in. Yeah. Uh a little EDM, you know what I mean? And and all of a sudden you have this music that it's like is it rap? Is it hip hop? Is it rock? What what is it? It's 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 blending and then the next song. I mean like have you listened to Lil Nas X? You know, Old Town Road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Old yeah. Town Road is a, it's a, it's Billy a country Ray song. Cyrus is the producer of it. He gets a yeah. standing ovation at the BET Awards. But have you listened to his album? The whole thing, I have not, but I know Old Town Road. It's a yeah. great song and people love it. But it's, almost every song on that album is like a different genre. Really? It's, it's like, you know, like Beyonce had that lemonade and every every song was a different genre. Yeah. And it's kind of like that. So it's I feel like they're not really like trying to be hip hop or too rock or too whatever. They're just like, I like this and I want to do it. And I think, I think that's amazing. Well, you know? the interesting thing is I was actually having a discussion a couple of days ago with everybody's favorite Murky Mercs, um, yeah. Mark Granger. <laughs> and we were actually discussing about the death of the album. Ooh. If you think about it nowadays, it, does, it doesn't make commercial sense to dump a bunch of money into a full-fledged album. Yeah, unless unless you're really established, like a Radiohead or like Nine Inch Nails yeah, or somebody, you know. But even self, like I mean, all the money is in singles. Singles, yeah. And if you are lucky, EPs. So I could understand if you were to release a quote unquote album or a disc with forty five minutes worth of music. Yes. You can then touch basically ten different genres, ten different styles. Yeah. And you know. And you have ten singles. Basically, you have ten singles. Yeah. Um. 
to put this into local context, which a lot of people don't realize, but this is what Mr. Marshall Montano has been doing for the past five years. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, so, so many people um, have been doing it, you know? It, it seems like they, he basically gets, like, from as early as October, he starts yeah. his release cycle for his album. And if you notice, every single song that he releases is practically a different form of... He wouldn't call it soca music, but he will call it... Because he classifies himself as a world music artist. Yeah. And... I really don't see a lot of rock bands in Trinidad in particular doing similar things. Yeah. Um the- we, we we've we've actually copied that model, huh? We 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 don't Yeah Psych again, he's never had an EP. Well we you guys you guys try to do a single every year. Yeah, we or two least, singles if you can. If we can, yeah. I we, mean we we're, we're we're just we're just doing singles. Um I we've talked to the guys, we'd love to do an EP. It's cost prohibitive. It's time prohibitive. It's and then you have to market the shit out of the EP, and of course you can't pay four. You can't play four different songs on the radio at once. Exactly. So it's it's easier for us to release a song, let it get a couple play, you know, and, and yeah, and then and then build. But I mean, obviously we have so much material, but it's 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 really just what are we gonna record, you know? Exactly, which is which is always like the, the hardest thing for anybody to sit down and realize. Yeah. Because right now we at the Shepherd we're studying the same thing too. It's like, okay, we have these new songs that we have to do, but which ones we're going to record? Which ones are gonna put for radio play? Yeah. Which ones are we going to use as like that creative expression so people can see what else we're going to do? Yeah. But you know, as I tell everybody, when we write music, we try to write for the live set because we would like to be a live band in that regard. Yes. But, oh gosh, man. I mean, I feel we can go on for hours about this whole, like, lack of, like, I guess, variation with our rock bands. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know if you will consider, like, for example, one band that I happen to like a lot and I speak about them a lot on this podcast is Circle Square. Oh, yeah. Um, they're, they're currently my favorite as well. They're a new single, War Machine. Oh, yeah, it's good. It's so completely different from the Mountain song that they did the first time. Oh, which I, yeah, and I, I love... I mean, I like that song, too. I love both of those songs, yeah. But, like, Under the Mount, um, War Machine is such a great departure from what they originally did. Because you can tell that they're growing together. Because when you play together with somebody, you start to take more chances. and you yeah. And you can see the development as an artist. Yeah. I like that. I wish more bands would do the same thing. Yeah. Um, What are your plans with Psychic Envy? You guys, because you guys, um, I mean, I'm jumping straight into Psychic Envy right now because you guys classify yourselves as a punk band, correct? Or rock band? Cause that's I, I mean, listen, people, people, anytime I send my music to someone, to anyone who doesn't listen to rock music, Yes. And I meet someone and they're like, oh, you play in a band. Okay, let me let me hear your music. Oh, you're in a punk band. I'm like, well, I mean, I guess. I don't I don't know what it is, but it's it's rock music. I mean, listen, I listen to everything. I listen like if you go on my Spotify right now, I guarantee you Idonia is one of my top artists. You yeah, know? yeah, I mean, that happens because like, I listen to Soka, I listen to dance, or I listen to everything. No. Yeah. I think um, branding has a lot to do with it because yes. the name Psychic Envy sounds like it sounds yeah 
it sounds like that that mid two thousands punk. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys ever thought about possibly rebranding, or probably even just using the abbreviation SKE, or anything like that, just to I mean, change it up a little bit? Or are you guys just happy with? <laughs> that takes a lot of work, and right now, just like Rockav, I mean, Psychic Envy, most of the decisions are made between Logan and myself. You know. The other guys, it's not that they, like, we obviously bring things to a vote, uh, but the other guys are, I mean, uh, John has Pangaseed, and Nick plays with, like, everybody. Everybody, yes. You know, he's playing with Skid, he's playing with a Soka band, he's playing with, like, a jazz band, he's playing with us, it's like, he's playing with everybody. So Because drummer. Right, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and Logan and I are, like, I mean, we're, like, best friends, you know? So, so we, we speak every day. So these conversations just come up and and they they happen organically, and I have a thought. We, we I put it to him. He has a thought. He puts it to me, and then we take it to the guy. And be like, hey, what do you think about doing this? Or we're thinking about doing this. You know. I so because I'm like, what's your plan as a band for probably the next couple of years? Because I know you guys have always spoke about we're going. We want to do an overseas tour. Yes. So the overseas. Okay. So the reason. Let's get back to the branding. The reason why we haven't rebranded is because that's going to take a lot of work. We need to find someone to redesign the logo, which I would like to do just um, simplify it a little bit, make it easier to, to screen print and do these things. Uh, we had some challenges with the t-shirts and, and different things. Uh, so that's the main reason. Uh, actually, if you notice on the t-shirts that you're currently wearing, yes, the um, font has changed. We change the font. I realize it's very squared off, and I like this font better. Yes, yes. Because it's very modern, and yes. you know, it's, it's so it was nice. a subtle change, but that that was that was one of them that we made. We will do it. We'll do it slowly over time, so it's not like a shock. It just evolved, you know, sort of like the Pepsi logo. You know, it just kind of evolved. I mean, like you you look at some of the older bands in Trinidad and Tobago that have been around for a while. For example, let's use Insert for example. Yeah. Let's look at the evolution of insert branding now. Scott and James are really, really, really good. Yeah. At this, and they went from their typeface logo, right, to the that was a smiling still logo. I like to call it. And then they yeah, had yeah, their yeah. kind of like slightly more edged their fairies logo. And then they started with the this, I this guess sort the, of scribbly the circle, the scribble, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they have like the classic box logo. Yeah. I and love the scribble, by the way. Yeah, the scribble, the scribble is great. Yeah. But like, you know, like the evolution, like people don't realize that branding is important, especially when you go outside. For example, when um, a tour manager yeah. gets your EPK, yeah. the first thing he's going to see is Psychic Envy. That sounds like a punk band. Immediately, he's going to tell himself, well, pop punk's been dead since... Oh, pop punk's coming back, my friend. Yes, there's there's a revival. We're not we're not disputing <laughs> that these things go in waves, but yeah. you you understand what I'm saying, right? Yes, it's like definitely. From 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 the American perspective, it's like when I was up there because we used to get that a lot because I played in a band called Upper Damagement. Um, Trash metal, right? No, actually <laughs> metal core. Wow, all right. But it's still yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the name before was Shock and Awe. But that then, was thrash metal. That one would be more thrash metal. Yeah, but yeah. you understand it's the same thing. And yeah. then like, you know, upper damagement and stuff like that. It's like these yeah. are the things like the branding. When they're going through a bunch 
of names on a desk to book people, the first thing they're going to look at is your name. So it's, yeah. it's kind of hard, I think, because I don't think like a lot of brands in Trinidad in particular, with the exception of a few, put emphasis on branding. Yeah. I mean, since I've been in Psychic Envy for the last, oh, it's going to be three years this year. Uh, I think the band has existed for like five years and I've been in it for three. Um, I've tried to make sure subtle things like the logo font change, uh, making sure we had stronger photos. Uh, I record a lot of practices so that yeah. when we're at home, uh, we jam like once a week, you know, and everybody's busy. So when I'm at home, like before a show, I will sit down in my living room, plug in my little practice amp and play those songs at least once every day. Practice at 3 a.m. You know, and I, I assume the guys do the same. Maybe not. I don't know. But like simple things like recording, making sure we have images, making sure we we're at least a little bit stronger. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how to shoot and be in a music video at the same time. But I'll I'll, I'll, I'll figure really? that out at some well, point. I've been trying to figure out how to record myself on a podcast for ages. Yeah, Not yeah. audio, everybody, but yeah. actual video. Oh, listen, <laughs> I have the solution for you and we will talk about it after this. We should hire midgets. Oh, Okay, can we say midgets? Is that is that still acceptable? I don't know. Right. Now that you bring it up, I don't know actually. And I, 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 we will we will hire demonetized demonetized <laughs> freaking Spotify is gonna yeah. take my money. Yeah, your fifteen cents. My fifteen cents, fifteen probably ten cents right now. We're like, yeah, this guy's from Psychic Envy. He's got a pop punk band on. You know, no. what is this? Two thousand one. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, so our goals for the next couple of years, getting back to that, uh, we we want to continue to release singles. Um, we have not hit the studio this year, unfortunately. We're trying to. And so we'd like to release a new single. I'd like to figure out how to re- record a music video. And the tour, the tour thing, uh, the guys went to South by Southwest in, oh man, I don't, I don't know the date, but like four years ago. Okay. So 20... 20 South by Southwest is kind of a big deal. I mean, I, I don't even know what it is, but I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah. Listen, everyone that was going to go, I supported those guys any way I could. I took a bunch of pictures. I wasn't in the band, but I took a bunch of pictures that they're like different things. Yeah. Some of which are still used on EPK and different branding that we have. Okay. Um, And I saw the value in South by Southwest. And everyone said, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. You're going to raise money to go there and play a show and nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And I told Logan before he went, I was like, listen, the most important thing is to come back with something. Mm -hmm. And he took that. He went to all the conferences that he could. He went to all, like spoke to everybody he could. And we came away with a few key pieces that are going to help us, that put us, in front of a lot of other people in terms of organizing a US tour. Yeah, you know, get, we're talking about booking shit, agents. Getting and, your and, shit in gear, yeah. Yeah. So part of that was the whole Jet City thing is kind of when that relationship started with them. And, you know, Doug has been really great to us from Jet City. And, I mean, our tour um, booking agent has been really great. And so a couple of years ago, we tried to put together a tour uh, with two other bands and we were going to do sort of like a Caribbean rock tour and it kind of fell apart I guess it was a little too ambitious trying to take 
a couple of bands on your road and figure out funding for everybody yeah yeah it's that's always rough it's i mean yeah. crowd because kin is also going on tour yeah and yeah. Anti everything should be back soon yeah, 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 those guys can tell you. I mean, hope to have them on soon, but this shit adds up because yeah. I've I've played one city out of town from where we've normally played, and basically you get to the venue early, you set up, stay for the entire show. When the show is over, you pack up, and then you have to drive, to drive. two, three hours somewhere else. Yeah, all sleep, rest, and you're stuck in a tour bus with a bunch of people, and you're just like. Yeah. me now listen we, we we know that it's us we know that we're gonna not sleep we know that we're gonna sleep in a bunch of parking lots walmart will allow you to sleep there <laughs> like you know 24 like, hour fitness you can take showers and they yeah, exactly. have them all over the exactly place. exactly tour tips everybody and, only and, general <laughs> and yeah and you just you buy a membership it's like 20 bucks or 30 bucks you know and you, and you showers. Can hit one in every city showers yeah and they're open 24 hours a day oh yeah so and if you need to take a poop poop in a starbucks because those are the cleanest Ooh. bathrooms you can find in the united Ooh, states of america that is a good tip and there's starbucks everywhere bro you there's know? starbucks everywhere oh, in chip- every bathroom chipotle also that's well, the thing like it's 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 probably the healthiest fast food actually no i think i will have to trump chipotle with qdoba oh, okay qdoba but, qdoba qdoba and chick-fil-a are like s tier yeah, fast food yeah 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 if you're going to be on this thing but even if you're going on tour like you're going to waste a lot of money on fast food the yeah. best thing for you to do is to find an aldi or find a Publix. just buy bread and buy meat yeah. throw it in a cooler yeah that shit's going to last you a yeah, lot longer yeah. than one meal and cost significantly less yeah yeah, yeah. but they're like veggies and stuff man you, know, you gotta you get your gotta, veggies in. hey a head of lettuce it's like what a buck buck oh five yeah and if you want to go organic and fancy and shit two dollars oh come on man yeah yeah, yeah it yeah. sells itself yeah so i, I guess mean, whatever tour van we have we gotta make I sure think, we have a fridge but again like anything as i as i tell everybody like being in a band if you want to tour if you want to do merch if you want to record an album if you want to get paid it comes down to effective management oh yeah um i always see a lot of bands especially here um start off hot and sweaty and they just waste away all that momentum that they gain because of stupid decisions and not putting in the work and taking shows for granted yeah not putting in the work i think is a big one and and by not putting in the work i don't mean just on your instrument it's about learning the business side of things exactly learning you know how like these little tour tips you know like those those are gonna save your life on the road like things are gonna i mean you need to do your research something as simple as like having a little bit of class with a promoter goes a long way for example if your band plays last and you happen to come first on time, yeah, sound check on time, actually stick around for the entire show and support all the bands. If you play a shit set to close the show, nobody's going to remember that. They're going to remember yeah. all the little things you did to that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, it goes back to like the whole Rock Avenue thing. When, you know, we were booked... We were approached in person Yes. at a gig we were doing. We were asked to play this show, and then we got our timeline and everything ran as it was supposed to do, and every band supported each other because everybody yeah. stuck around Yeah. till the end. And yes. we all packed up, and we had a good time with it. It was a good 
example of doing things right. But then there yeah. are some people who just feel like, you know, okay, I don't care how big your band is or how big you think you are. If an opening band is now starting up, the least you can do is just give them 10 or 15 minutes of your very important time. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, people don't realize how small the rock community is in Trinidad. Oh, yeah. And when you fuck up, news travels fast. Yeah. It travels much. really, really fast. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. What happens today may cost you later on. I mean, tomorrow. News travels so fast, I'm pretty sure all of Trinidad knows that a PRS doesn't sound like a Les Paul. All of Trinidad knows that PRS doesn't sound like a Les Paul. Even PRS himself knows yeah. that PRS doesn't sound like a yeah. Les Paul. <laughs> I, yeah. really, I, really, so, I, really, I really should have watched Mr. Paul Reed Smith and shook his hand and been like, um, there's a guy that believes that PRS sounds like a oh, Les Paul. No. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, news travels fast. I mean, I try. We can only do as much as we can do. Uh, if I go to a show and I'm playing... You'll typically find me outside, yeah. uh, saving my ears and just generally sitting around so that I can perform. But if I go to a show and it's, uh, you know, I'm not performing, then yeah, I try to, I try to at least, if my ears can't take it or if I'm just generally not feeling like, okay, like I'll try to take in maybe first song or two from yeah, another yeah, band yeah. before yeah. I like, okay. I need to, I need, I need my room to breathe because yeah. I, I understand that some artists need they have their rituals to get yeah, started. And yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. That, but you know what I mean. It's like, come on. It's like just it doesn't take much. A little yeah. conversation. Yeah. A little stuff like that. A little support because the last thing you want to be as an artist is to say, I'm wasting all this time in the scene. I feel like nobody likes me. You know what I mean? And that's, yeah. I think that's a lot of the discouraging part with younger artists because they figure they don't know how to break in. Yes. Because you sit down and you look at bands like Psychic Envy that have 5,000 people on Facebook. Oh, God. How did that happen? Who <laughs> did this? Have, <laughs> and you know, you have bands with like, they have likes in the thousands because they got in Facebook groups early. Yes. And like, you're now starting off because what? We are, Shepard has like what, 100 and something likes. I mean, but still, like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a relatively it's young, young band. It's a relatively yeah. young band. But however, it's like, you, you always, as an artist, you always want to compare yourself. Yeah. to those further on and if a bigger artist sticks around in your eyes yeah and appreciates your set and has like conversation with you about your set and helps you out to get better that goes a lot further than actually asking these people to come play your show yeah. because it encourages them to get better oh 100 percent. the youth is the future I strongly believe this. And in fact, everything we do in Psychic Envy and with Rock Ave and me as just generally as a person is investing in the scene. Yeah. And we know that we may not be able to make it, but maybe we might get 75% of the way there and someone else can get all the way there. And then push the last 25% for and, everybody. And yeah, that's, that's fine. We don't have to make it as long as somebody does, you know? Exactly. If it wasn't for Limp Biscuit, nobody would care about Corn. <laughs> but we wouldn't have had Limp Biscuit if Corn didn't release that first underground album in '96. Yeah. This is this is what people don't realize. Corn yeah, yeah. blew up after Limp Biscuit, and yeah, that's they, why Limp yeah. Biscuit will always be the better band between the two. 
um, this is me standing on a soapbox again, uh, yeah. preaching down to the listeners, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. But no, it's 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 really important that you know, it's not just a community building, but in the sense that when nobody's telling you to lie to people, like if, yeah. But you should be open in the sense that, like, if you see an area that needs improvement, don't be afraid. To be like, this is what you can do better, and this is how you can do it. Yeah. And as a young band starting out, if you take the time to follow something that an older head has told you, it pays off in spades. Oh yeah. I'm actually going to use a, a good example of this is um the guys from PTA. Oh man, Donnie is like my favorite guitarist you see i mean i love bta those guys when i first saw them play i think it was gsd mixtape volume one i saw donnie play yeah don donnie Donnie Um, was on there yeah and he was you can tell it was like this is this is my chance to play as fast as possible yeah turn the mids all the way down (laughs) <laughs> crank the bass and the highs and all the gain and just go for it on a ripping metal track. Yeah, I was outside stage. I didn't I didn't hear that. Nothing, but. nothing wrong. I was I was in the balcony of Little Carib and I was looking for Fanta and I couldn't hear anything. Fanta, all right. Yes, you know, orange Fanta's man. Yeah. But what I look back at Donnie then and I compare to how far he's come now oh, as man, an yeah. artist, a musician, and producer. Man, I, have you heard his like little things? He like his solo stuff that he produces by himself. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> he's so talented. Don, Donnie, Donnie's killing it right now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm scared. Like, I'm. Let me just say this. Yeah, I, I'm scared. <laughs> I really wish when I was Donnie's age, somebody took me under their wing oh, and yeah. was like, "These are mids. You have to use them in your mix. They oh, are yeah. essential." I had to learn the hard way. Yeah, don't don't but, buy an Ibanez. No, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the the sponsorship. We're going to take sponsorship from Ivan as yeah, if you're willing yeah. to give. No, no. I mean, Squire. Yeah, a, where, where a, you at? Fender, where you at? <laughs> you know? But no, I mean, it's like he... The important thing as a young musician is to listen. And he's a perfect example of listening. You, yeah. You say, you give him constructive criticism. Say, you know, your songs are good. Your Your recorded stuff is great. But when you play live, I don't hear you. Yeah. Like, you're lost in the mix. Fix that shit. That's that's essentially, like, that was one of my first conversations with Donnie. I was like, Donnie, I yeah. can tell you I have skill. Yeah. I can tell you love what you do. Yeah. I can't hear you live. You got to fix that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was like, I was like, yeah, you got to fix it. And his immediate reaction was, How? And by asking that question, I was like, well, this is the process that you start. And instead of him getting, you know, discouraged and saying, like, I can't do this, he was able to work with what he had. And now, like, just a few weeks ago, myself and Scott Johnstone actually spent time with him in the band room. It's like, this is how you get your amp to cut. Right. Yeah. And... It's it's good. And, you know, the BTA stuff is great. And I will fully endorse them. If you guys want to hear some real hard met- hitting metal of the future of Turned Out and Tobago, oh, definitely yeah, check yeah, them yeah. out. Um, they're, they give a great show live because they're young. They're full of energy. And oh, yeah. 
they remind me a lot of we go back to the coconuts days yeah and the cider days when you had a real young bands like you yeah. had a young fresh overdose oh and yeah. you had people like young insert and stuff like that and these boys just freaking killing it yeah yeah back when mm-hmm. back when scott and other scott we both had hair back then yeah yeah i i had hair oh yeah you had hair too i had hair yeah. wow wow no but it's like it's like it reminds me of then it's like when bands were young and they, they were hungry yeah because when you get old life gets in the way it it really does yeah I mean, I'm I'm sure you you labor to carry your amp upstairs and stuff, like that, and sometimes you're just like, listen, yeah, yeah. It's it's I I I downsized to one by twelve. I couldn't I couldn't do this. I I love the sound of a two by twelve, but I can't. Yeah, it's so I've, heavy. I've been I've been meaning to call like um Ben Gay and Cataflam for like sponsorship, sponsorship for, yeah. the, for the band it's like we got this tad band and we can't carry our gay anymore yeah yeah so like you should get us like give us some free cataflam and like tubes oh, of bengi yeah like sponsored by like um super farm I, I'm, I'm gonna get a a, a bathtub and, an ice bath and, and yeah ice bath <laughs> an ice bath after every show man uh, for some reason every show that i go to i just get sick <laughs> man i listen i stretch i stretch before i play and, and after and after yeah. i play and then when i go home sometimes i'll do like some little yoga stretches you know again to like and that's that's the only thing you're I actually feel like, standing when you reach home when i reach home it's sleep oh yeah no i'm it's like showing oh no sleep i i second win pretty hard so i'm like i'm i'm awake when i get home you know yeah but most definitely it's like i remember my time and the youth are the people who are hungry yeah um we just played a show recently with a young band called flying without tickets oh how was that i I have no idea who those guys are i had no idea either but they were very young right and they were they're playing planners again in august okay um they played like third eye blind covers it was very alternative and they had to open for we are the shepherd and so you can just tell the big difference already Yeah, yeah yeah but no they had a female vocalist and she was killing it right she was she's small like five one and she's probably That's in her really early twenties. Yeah, and this this girl had pipes. Yeah, and she was hitting those notes and having a good time, and I like to see that. All right, I gotta go see them. Now. Yeah, oh, most def, most definitely, most definitely. Flying without tickets, put them on your radar. They they're, they're yeah. good because the thing about it, they're a cover band, but they're musically tight. Right. So you know that they're well practiced, and mm-hmm. when you're young, you have the time to do this. Right. Yeah. So, flying without tickets, young bands. Um, BTA is another young band that we should have on our radar, and I feel we don't do enough to promote the youth. I agree. I I, I think the youth is the future. Uh, we need to support them. Um, I mean, listen, I was an asshole when I was younger. I'm probably still an asshole. I'm still an asshole. Yeah, without <laughs> question. All right, but I, I I like, but I was I was way more of an asshole when I was younger. And the youth are going to be assholes. That's because, you know, there's so many things stacked against them that it's hard not to be an asshole sometimes, you know? And sometimes we just got to help correct them, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to help correct them. But as I said, like, if you're a young person and you happen to stumble upon this dad podcast of old people screaming about clouds, let me give you a little <laughs> bit of advice. This is what I would have told my probably 16-year-old self. 
Yeah. It's it's okay to be a cunt, but it's not okay to be a cunt all the time when somebody's trying to help you. Yes, I agree. Um, yes, the world is not a bed of roses. It's yeah, it's really not. Music is hard. Oh, it's the most difficult yet the most rewarding. You know, but it's one of those things that the more you put in, the more you'll get out. Yeah, and don't give up so quickly. I agree. Yeah, keep trying. Keep, keep pushing. Trying. Because, yeah, you're going to go through your gigs where you play in front of five people. You're going to play your gigs where you play in front of 250 people. Yeah, listen, I've played I've played gigs in front of, like, three drunk people in Shagonas, in a hole, in a three-piece band. Like, nobody knew what we were singing. Nobody knew anything. Couldn't hear yourself in the mix. I couldn't hear anything. And I've had some pretty terrible gigs, you know? I've had gigs where literally, like, when I used to use a Mesa, I, I, I it was a channel switching. It was the, uh, the transatlantic. transatlantic. And I don't know what happened to the cable that day, but I was clean. And I went to step to switch a channel to go to my dirty channel. And there was nothing. nothing and I'm on stage. I'm, I'm in the middle of a set. So I just played the entire set clean. I couldn't hear myself at some point. There was supposed to be some, I'm um, like my step on my wah pedal for a solo. I'm pretty sure it was half cocked for like the rest of the gig, and I couldn't tell. I've seen that happen to Mark at the gig. Yeah, and you don't know it. No, you just, you, you just, you keep playing, and you know what? No one knew that I was having difficulties because exactly. you just you put on a show, you know. I mean, these these are things you have to learn. Like, yeah. I mean, you always hear experienced musicians say you have to play your dues. You have to pay your dues. You have to pay. You your really Jews. do. You really, you really got to put in your time and your work. You know, it doesn't work without that. Yeah, and it's really not the end of the world if things go bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I see a lot of creators, especially on this new thing called Facebook. I'm sure you've heard of it. Oh yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, where People have a tendency to beat up themselves a lot when things go wrong. Yeah. And it's like they sit down and they dwell on these one or two bad things. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, I always look at these things as things to make you better. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know, man. I think like people get depressed very easily, especially musicians. Musicians are like, I just I don't know how do you cope with the highs and lows of playing music it's I should ask you this question one time because yeah I mean listen with the highs and the lows since we're on the topic of yeah. course talking to the youth yeah everything listen guys everything is a work in progress the last I mean okay this is going into some personal details but the last single that we put out which was which was Cass- Cassiopeia. Cassiopeia. Yeah. Cassiopeia. I signed off on the mix. And I was like, yeah, it's good to go. I listened back to it a couple days later. And I'm like, no, the kick drum is too loud. And now everyone's going to go on Spotify, whatever, wherever, YouTube. And they're going to be like, yeah, the kick drum is too loud. This is mixed like shit, it, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, but I signed off on the mix. So guess who's at fault? It's me. You know, I, I studied sound engineering. So... It's on me that that mix wasn't as good as it could have been. 
I was bummed. I was really bummed, you know? And so, and this this is the single that we've gotten the most traction with. It's a good song. And because you could actually hear the kick drum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a big it's a big problem in rock music. No kick drum. No, but how did you cope with like, you know, the pressure that you put on yourself knowing yeah. that nobody cares? Uh, exactly. The thing is, it's I will never let that happen again. Yeah. And I I just had to turn it into okay, you know what? They're going to hear this. The kick drum's a little loud. It's not overpowering. It is a little bit, but it's not it's not it's not ruining the mix. It actually beefs up the mix on certain systems. If you listen on a phone or whatever, it sounds great. You know, like certain things, it sounds great. But you just got to take it and understand that art is never finished and it's constantly evolving. You know, I know painters that have had a painting and it's hanging in someone's house and they will go back and get it and touch it up because it's not done, you know? And it's the same with our songs. It's so hard for psychic envy specifically to put down a song because sometimes i will be listening to something random it might, it might be a tv show and i might hear a repeating pattern of you know somebody walking and i'll be like wait that's it that's what we needed yeah. okay guys the intro we're gonna we're gonna change it to this pattern put, and it's gonna put this guy walking yeah just just, just put this guy's heavy breathing and... on the fucking track <laughs> <laughs> so so you the songs always change I mean, some of the riffs aren't mine. Yeah. They were written by Shane. They were written by uh, Ravi. And I play interpretations of their riffs. If you hear them play the songs and you hear me play the songs, it's n- pretty different. Yeah. Because I, I, I change it up. So, I mean, and I change it up day by day. I, I t- The song that you listen to this month is going to be different next month. It's gonna, yeah. it, that's just the way it goes because we're always evolving. It's exactly it. It's um the recording is always the recording on the day. It's yeah. the mood of the day. It's a snapshot because you can listen to like um we jokingly call when we write down um for example our song Thirty Nymphs when we write it yeah. on the set list. Now we call it Imps Two Point right? Because it's completely different in terms of like feel, yeah, and vibe as to what you have on the record. Yeah, and it's music. That's that's the glorious thing about playing live and being one of those bands where you yeah can. The last thing I want to do is play the same thing all the time. I mean, but sometimes that's the reality of music. Is that people want to hear you play it the same way? I mean, like if you're like, you know, in a huge pop band, like a, like a Justin Bieber type level, like you're they're playing the same thing every night. They're playing the same encore. They're playing the same notes. This is freaking Justin Bieber. You have you know, 20,000 yeah. people coming to hear you. Exactly. That. Yeah, you do the exact I mean? same thing all the time. And then have amplified small talk. Yeah. But when you have that creative leeway that you could do what you want. Yeah. You know, abuse that. You'll find yourself musically, I always say. Yeah, I mean, we definitely... Part of the thing is that, I mean, we've had people leave and we switched out members i mean most most times we i mean we're not we're not pretty hard so most times people have other obligations or you know they, yeah, they want to go do you other got things shit to go do that's fine but because we've changed now the songs evolve you know like when nick joined it it, it became a whole different band really you know because he brings such a different 
feel vibe. and vibe. Yeah, to Stephen, who was who was drawn with us before. I mean, I love Stephen. I love playing with Stephen, but Nick brings something different, so the songs evolved yet again. And if that happens again, we add another person. It's gonna change. I mean, like when we go in studio, we always say Ravi is our fifth member. You know, he produces for us, he records us, and if I can't make a show, if John can't make a show, he'll fill in. He'll fill in yeah. on 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 bass or guitar. You know, and when when we get into studio, I mean, when he starts producing, it's it's a, another whole thing that this song evolves yet again. You know, so. Things I mean, always evolve. Yeah, that's that's just how it is. And that's yeah. that's the nature of the beast, I think, when you're in like a working band like that. And just like your music, again, goes back to what we were talking about earlier, like your branding. Yeah. All these things. I mean, I talked about this in my workshops and stuff like that. You always have to keep with the times. You can't be stuck. What worked in 2006 is not going to work in 2019 same thing yeah. that didn't work in 1984 is not going yeah. to work right now in 2020 next year so you really have to be on your p's and q's yeah you really do um another important thing you mentioned south by southwest and i always encourage every musician that I talk to, there are these events for you to check out. There's these conventions. There, there, there's information out there for you. Yeah. To get, yeah. like you know, even when I went Gear Fest, there was stuff there with people talking about. You know, you have workshops on branding. You have workshops on marketing yourself. Workshops yeah. on finding yourself in the mix. Find all these if you're very serious about being in a band. You know, dedicate the time. To getting the business aspect of everything in a gear. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's like maybe two percent playing on stage, you know? Yeah. The rest of it is, is a lot of work. And if you can't do it on your own, yeah. it's nothing wrong with investing in a professional to help you out. Oh yeah. I'm available. Yeah, it's secretive. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like ask you mean because you if you could record on your own, go ahead and do it. Yeah. But hire a graphic designer pay for proper branding yes definitely for example how long have you guys had the same logo oh since inception so until until i i changed it i changed the font so underneath you so know? about what four or five years yeah about yeah like five maybe maybe six years i feel it's like five years six years right yeah, you've, you've had a logo for six years yeah. if you were to pay for that logo up front it could be anywhere from two to eight thousand dollars yeah depending yeah if you if you invested in with a good designer, that logo should stand the test of time. Yeah, you know what I mean because nobody wants to see a brand logo change every gig. No, but again, it's along those same lines. Like you get what you put in. Yeah. So, a professional helps you out. Yeah. You get to this point. Same thing with your recordings. Yeah. It wouldn't hurt to spend money on a proper recording. No, it it definitely doesn't, and in fact. Recording now is cheaper than it ever has been. Big up to Marty. Oh, God, yes. And, you know, he's been... I, I feel s- like... I swear it's not a podcast unless somebody brings up Marty. Marty, <laughs> Marty is like... Listen, Marty right now is like the sound of local music. Marty you know? right now is running a um, podcast mentioned streak. Oh, yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. I think I think he's been mentioned in every single episode nice. to this point. Yeah. No, I mean, he's a gem, bro. He's like... he. 
has done so much and he for the scene patience. continues to do it you patience. know oh and yeah he also is also he's also very straight with you in terms of like oh if, yeah he'll... if if it's not working he will tell you in the nicest way possible oh, no, i've i've heard him like tell people to go home and come back like just just go home because like you're not you're not getting it you know wow it's just not a good day we yeah. to come back to oh my god i can't picture marty telling anybody oh it was i mean home. it was very nice it was very very nice but yes. it was it was you know pack up your fucking stuff and leave please <laughs> come back tomorrow <laughs> please we're <Yeah>. done here <laughs> close the door on the way out <laughs> yeah no, no I, but i mean it's 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 important that like you know you hire professionals and because you want to put out a professional product because then people always they they always jump up and say like how why it is certain promoters only book the same bands like this is something I hear all the time. Oh, Every time I'm like yeah. sitting down, it's like I don't like this promoter because they only book these bands and these people only book those bands. So we yeah. want to book these bands. What is your take on this petty? We're getting into the petty nonsense okay. section. Every podcast has that petty nonsense yeah. section okay. of um, of Trinidad scene. What yeah. is your take on that like whole? As somebody who's in a been fairly a long list of fairly successful bands, Five Miles to Midnight. You know, Law the Unattainable, Gazette, Psychic MVI, and The Catalyst. Yeah. Please, explain your thoughts on it, Scott. I think it's crap. I, listen, as a promoter, I will book a band that's good. Full that's, stop. Full stop. If you're good and you don't, you, you see, it, good doesn't, it's very relative. You uh -huh. don't have to have great written songs but if you have a good attitude if you have and i mean what it comes down to as a promoter honestly apart from so the first level is we want bands that are that are good the second level is do these bands have a following you know that means you're, you're doing something right and it's not about making money for us and i mean full disclaimer we've actually not made any money but we are investing in the bands and investing in a good sound system and investing in our venue, you know. You're getting a good mix. Yeah. Like, we, we, we just try to put a good show on in the hopes that they're in nice enough venues that people who won't go to the Hole in the Wall may come to our venue, may come different, to one of our different, shows. Different, different fans, basically. Yeah. And that can only expand our scene and of people who listen to music so when we eventually put bands that people think sh maybe would not be there i mean we've already approached them we've talking to them they're, they're booked you know like once they come to this show and a different crowd sees them they might end up with maybe two three new fans yeah. but those two three new fans might have two other people that they can tell and they might go down the line you know, and that's that's kind of the hope that we have. So so you have to have, but you have to have some kind of following because we have to cover all the costs up front. Yeah, shows aren't cheap. They're not cheap, you know, and we want to make sure that we're not coming out of pocket. We've been lucky enough to break even and I am eternally thankful for that, you know. And, you know, we, we, I mean, you've been to our shows. We have, like, a profit share. And we, it's, yeah, it's, it's, but uh, here's, I've always, always wondered this. Like, why yes. haven't 
because I actually had the same conversation um, not too long ago, why it is certain promoters don't have a pay-to-play model. For example, oh. with Rock Avenue, yeah, you offer a opening spot. Yes. And say if you're going to charge um, $100 a ticket, you make, you give the band, um, you charge them $1,000 to play. They promote, they give the money up front, but then in return, you give them 15 tickets. Right. So essentially, you have an opportunity to make back all your money. Yeah. And then get a little something, a little extra, something extra to put in the work. Huh. Yeah. I mean, for something that happens, because I always think that because when I was abroad, pay to play. Oh, it's, it's definitely a it thing. It was a thing. Yeah. Because you had venues like, we have an opening spot. Yeah. If you want to play, you get your money in, but you but pay to play would sometimes be like a silent auction because the spot would be there, yeah. but you don't know how much it would be. You'd be like, Well, I have, you know, two hundred and fifty US dollars. Yeah. They will watch the calendar and say, You'll get mid month Wednesday. Yeah. But if you walk with like I have fifteen hundred dollars, you're like, all right, well, I'll give you a Friday night. Yeah. Right there. I mean Yeah. But, of course, when you get that chance, that opportunity, not only are you going to meet new people, but I mean, the venue is going to be hopping. Yeah. But the promoter then sees that, well, this person was able to sell because they would know. Yeah. And when you move your tickets, they would know, like, oh, well, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we they, definitely know who sold they, all their tickets sold, and who didn't sell They sold sell who any. didn't sell. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like we see this. Yeah. And as a band, I mean, that could be a good springboard because it gives you something to work for. It gives you something to promote and you can use that leverage to get going. Yeah. Here's the thing. That's a great model, but I don't feel like we can offer that to a band because what are they getting? We've had great turnouts for every show so far, but I'm not convinced that that's every show. So some shows have been completely packed out. You can't move. Like the show you played, you know, it was like we couldn't move barely. It was like so hot and it was so sweaty. It, but was, it was stink. It was, My but it was good. still has like, probably still has a cake on stuff that i have to scrape off from it because yeah. it's a, yeah i just, just think <laughs> about it it's just like the one after that was very well attended but not as crowded not as packed yeah so i don't believe that we have 250 people every single time i'm, I'm just pulling a, a random number but yeah, you know yeah, what i mean like, sample. You just, so, so what am i what am i offering to these you're bands Scott, you're yeah you're you're, you're paying me a thousand dollars and what are you getting out well, of it i was just throwing that out there as yeah like, you know but like a portion of yeah you know to help cover the initial cost well i think that's that's why we we, we try to give bands tickets and like that's your payment apart from the we sort of we partnered with music tt yeah got the venues registered so that they're part of the district and to help out with the subsidies of the bands. But we we think that if we give you tickets, then you have to push and you have to tell people about the show and you have to... Well, yeah, but that's how you get freaking paid. Yeah, that's how you get paid. <laughs> that's how it is all over. I mean, you don't so, come to freeload on a venue. Right. You have to put in work. Yeah. Because, I mean, listen, we sweat every single time. Eight o'clock reaches, we're at the venue and we're sweating. We're like, are we going to... We're gonna Anybody have to pay. Gonna are we, come, like, are know, we gonna? Like, yeah. And then it turns out okay. We're like, all right, okay, cool. That's that's cool. But you know, it's difficult. It's it's a business at the end of the day. Because I think I think people realize. I think people feel that you make an event on Facebook 
and that's all the work you have to do. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's it's a lot, you know. I mean, because you look at like bands that do it correct. Because when Jiggy was on here, he spoke yeah. about how Lynchpin always tries to get a radio spot. They always try to get a TV spot. They always yeah. get in the paper. They get, you know, they pay for the Facebook advertising. Yeah. They do all these things. This shit costs money. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you want to get people out to your shows. But, of course, in order to lock them in, you have to sell a ticket. Because, I mean, if you think about it, if you sell a ticket and nobody comes, you still make that money. Yeah. And if you market yourself in such a way that you talk to the right people, people will support you if your product is good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And... I think, like, you know, judging your question, like, if somebody was to pay to play, if it's the right band willing to take that chance as an opportunity. Yeah. To be like, I think this could be a springboard for me to get the best amount of exposure that I can get. Yeah. I will then, I mean, it's not something that's sustainable to do every gig. However, if, for example, you've been on the circuit in and out for a while, you gather a couple diehard fans and you want to try and, for example... We won't play a South show very often. Right. But we wouldn't mind playing a South show with established South bands if we could pay to play. Yeah. And I think the same would apply for... Because then you can get that chance because you probably wouldn't have the fans that would travel. Yeah. Because essentially, when you go on tour and you sign up for a tour in the States, that's essentially how it works. The record company fronts the cost ahead for you. Yeah, and you gotta and you gotta make sure what, you have depending seats on how the venue, yeah. the venue sells on yeah. the night, you then get your payback. Yeah. Etc. So I mean it's all part of the things that makes a proper music scene and it's a vibrant and healthy way to get things done. Yeah, I mean maybe, maybe. I, I, I feel like until uh we're we're a lot more established and we have let's say 500 to 1,000 fans that are going to come. It's going to be hard listeners. to get 500. But I understand what you're saying. I you know what I mean? Like, so that I know that, okay, every night we're going to do 250 through the door. Exactly. So yeah, we, we now can tell bands, listen, we'll give you 20 tickets. Your pay is those 20 tickets, but you got to pay us $1,000 to join the cast. Exactly. Then, that's, then cool. That's then we can do that. Established at that yeah. point. But it's when we get... I, I don't even think that soccer artists have paid to play. Even they just... If your song's hot on your radio, no, it's just it's, it's better the mafia like it or not, bro. You, know? you get you get that. Um, <laughs> please we, don't, please we, don't we'll kill just me, leave mafia. It, we will leave it at the mafia because I don't want to get shut down. Oh, yeah, if yeah, there's yeah, one yeah. man who has power with radio in oh. Trinidad and Tobago, it's the mafia. Yeah, and technically we're not radio, but we're talking in the microphones and oh, recording yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like listening. we can we can get in trouble. Yeah, no, but I mean it. It all comes back to like you know having a proper music scene, and I think. We need a lot more smaller venues. We do. We do. I mean, us, Rock Avenue having sort of the only rock show on the avenue or the only venue that is having live bands specifically yeah. on the avenue, any kind of band, is is kind of not right, you know? I know Black Box does it. Uh, but Bad Box is a fairly manager. It's a fairly large ring. But the thing is with Black Box, for me, is that with Zara and Rooftop, where we are, 
when you're walking down the avenue, people walk. They go from they go from Frankie's. You'll walk down the avenue. Yeah, you'll yeah, see yeah, what's going walk, on. Yeah. You can hear the bands. You can be like, "That's something I want to do," and go see that band. Yeah, Murray Street's a little bit walk up. It's it's and it's also kind of like behind. Uh, it's it's off. It's in a very dark corner, and it's, it's then it's a black box as well. You know when yeah. things are happening, but yeah passing by you won't notice it yeah you kind of um, gotta go inside and talk to somebody else going on tonight blah 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 you know so i feel like yes there definitely needs to be more venues i'd love to see a venue like in st james they have a lot of traffic there yeah you know well they they tried that once upstairs charon's bookstore yeah 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 i think i saw insert had a show there and then yeah, like and falling. sports bar or something somewhere upstairs yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that was yeah. a real long time ago yeah yeah the dead fairies ep was launched there and then tripped and falling played the week afterwards i forget right. the name of the place but right. it was upstairs upstairs the casino the yeah old charon's bookstore next to mccrapple girls school yeah um but st james is licks because i don't think the um the I don't think right now it's conducive for a live music scene in the sense that there's no parking. And people just kind of pass through. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of like old bars where just old people just line. But, oh no, Execution Mode used to throw, throw a bunch of shows in uh, Idlow actually. But that's off the But that's yeah, part. sort of that's, off, off the main road it's as like well. It's yeah. kind of like where um, that kind of like where Black Box is. Yeah, yeah. It's a little, it's, you got to kind of go up that street. It's like yeah, a and then there, it's, yeah. yeah, and then there's, there's parking's pressure, and then you have to yeah. worry about the wrecker and all sorts of madness. But I think that we probably need places that could allow us to have even like a small coffee shop or something where you don't even need to have a full large band. Yeah, you can have solo artists because we have a lot of singer songwriters that want platforms to sing. Uh, actually, I saw I saw Anthony's doing a, a show with. Uh with these three women, you know, yeah, at French Connection, at French Connection. So maybe, maybe that's a new venue. Fingers crossed. I know they do they karaoke, have karaoke and stuff. And stuff yeah, like that. but again, it's on the avenue and it's at the end of French. Like I didn't yeah. know where the place was until he had to point it out. Like I've driven past it so many times. Oh yeah, yeah, never yeah. Noticed it. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a chicken place, and then it was like yeah, yeah. it was a chicken. They have the corn soup lady outside. The corn soup lady. That is great corn soup, by the way. Support that corn soup lady. I, Definitely might have to think about that when I'm feeling for that corn soup. You know yeah, how it yeah, is? Yeah. But with sauce doubles on the avenue, you know, anytime oh, I yeah. my vice, it's just, it's sauce right through, you know? Yeah, yeah. I haven't, every time I've passed it, he hasn't been there. So I've, I've kind of, I, what? I, yeah, I kind of go to. You the, have to leave after this and go down on the avenue and get yourself sauce if you right. still have. He should probably we, would have. Yeah. But you should definitely go. And should we, should we all go? Is this is this a thing we're gonna? You want you want doubles for dinner, like a double? Why the hell not? Yeah, all right, okay. Eat all the damn carbs, you <coughs> only, know what I mean? Only only doubles podcast. Only only doubles podcast. Everything slight with sweet sauce. <laughs> I know Man. the people. I know the people from Curap probably saying, "Here we go, sweet sauce or doubles." Sweet sauce, sweet sauce. I I didn't realize sweet sauce was a thing. Like so many people hate sweet sauce. And I I'm don't like, understand how you can hate sweet sauce. Sweet I sauce is a compliment. That's like watching somebody and saying, "I do want garlic sauce on my gyro." Oh, yeah, I I do get no ketchup on my gyros. I I understand that. Yeah. All right. I am very passionate about the anti-ketchup movement. Yes. On the gyro, you, ketchup yeah. has no place. None. 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 Because you have shawarma anywhere else in the world, they're putting sriracha on that shit. They ain't putting no freaking ketchup. Right? I am going to carry my own sriracha and see if they'll put it on. 
Yes, and you only have to go by Yusuf's and you have to have them put the tomb in the damn gyro. Okay. That's a right. nice garlic kind of mix. It's spicy. It's good. They yeah. sometimes put it on the salads. I'm sorry, but right now in the Battle of the Gaza Strip on the avenue, Yusuf's a beaten Hassan's, you know. Yusuf's. Okay. Yusuf's. I go I go to the guys before Yusuf's. On the same side, like in between, like after the uh, the hot dog people, you know, they're right next to there. There's a gyro card there. People actually yeah. go there. I, I go there, yeah. No, brother, man. Because that's, there's only Yusuf's. Listen, they will give me wedges and lamb. Nah, 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 nah. You have if I, to, if listen, I get If I can get wedges from Yusuf's, listen, I'm going. Listen. The wedges are key, my dude. Listen, you go to Yusuf's and you get yourself a Havana gyro. Oh, Kiwan's been telling me about that. Thank you. Kiwan is a man who knows. <laughs> Kiwan knows because I have seen Kiwan at Yusuf's already. All right. Yusuf's is that post Alice Yard meal horse. Yeah, Havana Gyro. All right. Get a Havana Gyro. Even the Havana. If you if you want to drop the carbs, man, yeah. you get that Havana salad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen them do that. And where they, they just do the salad. The yeah. cheese on that shit. And oh. then when you are ready, if you are lucky on a good day, my boy Yusuf, he brings out these toasted pita chips. Ooh. And he dumps that on top of the salad. Yeah, too. but then... But then you're getting the carbs back I in. I don't care. They burnt. <laughs> he burnt half of that carb shit out of that thing, man. That's what yeah. I tell you. It's, it's mostly but, fiber now, right? Yeah, it's mostly freaking fiber. But you yeah. get that nice burnt, like, good pita chip goodness. Ooh. And you have a dip with the tomb. And it's like heaven. Okay. And that is like the ultimate post-practice meal. Okay. I'm telling you, and you get that lamb, and you get a healthy serving of lamb, and you feel you can leave and still have money in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd su- I 100% support Yusuf's Gyro. Yusuf's Gyro can sponsor this podcast any day of the week. Oh, I hope they do. I they hope should. They do. We should. We should definitely tell Yusuf, hey, I hailed you out on the internet. <laughs> we're an influencer. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're influencer. It actually got to the point where, where Hassan actually approached my father and asked him, was like, why doesn't your son shop by me anymore? Wow. Yeah, boy. They, 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 I tell you, they, it runs deep. Wow. I, if I don't shave for a week and I go by Yusuf, I tell you, I fit right in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I can see that's, that. That's can my that. people. Yeah. That yeah, is yeah. my people. But now, Yusuf's gyro 100% endorsed. Okay. By Only General Podcast. All right. Just everybody check it out. Dude. Havana gyros. Do ha- it. The Havana is, and they have a Trini one too where they put pineapple if uh, you're into that no. kind of stuff. No, no, no. Pineapple. Pineapple is a fruit. It only goes in chow. It only goes so you're not yeah. a pineapple on pizza no, kind of guy. No, sir. No, definitely not. As as we're as we're discussing the avenue and the great foods of the avenue, these are all things that you can have after Rock Avenue. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I could tell you right now, during the during the Rock Avenue show, you looked over at Yusuf's and that line. Oh, it was crazy. Listen, I went not <laughs> even Royal Castle, North Korea, which is no longer there, has officially been moved. Oh, it's the, finally moved. It's gone. It's gone oh, back. No. Trump goes to North Korea and yeah. Royal Castle disappears. Conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. All right. But the Royal Castle is no longer there on the corner. But no, Yusuf's was busy. He was hopping. Yeah, I, I listen after every rock have, I, I go for a gyro. No, I don't go to Yusuf's. I still go to the to you my go guy. to the little cart. Yeah. No, you and do know. It's, you, it's do, the, you have the wedges, man. Anyways. You, but here's what you had to do. You get the wedges. Order your wedges and then go down the road and get your salad. Ah, and, and, or get and lamb. your gyro. They have wedges too. They also have falafel and fried chicken. It looks damn good. Oh, yeah, I tell you, Yusuf's, Yusuf's is a like 
it's an empire. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is it is the empire of food. I, yeah, and they're it, so quick too, you know. They, they have it down to quick, a science. It yeah. is busy. And I yeah. think the best thing is you can park there, you can relax, you can enjoy a little ambiance. Yeah. You know, you can watch dirty water on the side of the road if oh, you do that nice, kind yeah. of stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, ambiance. It's, it's all there. Yeah. Right? And they speak English. But have you ever had the Mampi burger? I have not had the Mampi <sighs> burger next door. Listen, there's an egg. There's potato chips. There are so many things in that burger. It's bacon. It's it's great. For those of you who, who are wondering where the hell we are talking about, this this is a block in between Maurice Street and those guys' diner. Which Whatever I that is. which which I call the Gaza Strip. Fit Fit Street? Fit Street, Fit yes. Street. It is a block on the avenue across from the Republic Bank. And this is Probably the best street food you can probably get in Trinidad and Tobago on that one block. Oh, the South the South guys are like, no, it's the cross. Nobody talks about the cross the way they talk about you. The cross has never been featured on this podcast. <laughs> and we're foodies first. We're influencers. All right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have Instagrams. Yeah, yeah. I have like at least 100 followers, bro. You know? Yeah. 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 Hashtag good. foodie. Yeah. You know, foodie life. Yeah. Street food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it, it is a good stuff. And, you know, you see, and this is the things, thing I wonder about because, like, why hasn't anybody ever been like, hey, let's set up, like, a street? Because the guy used to play Pan. He, oh, opposite. Opposite next yeah. to Hassan's. Like, yeah. Why hasn't anybody ever been like, let's get some acoustic guitars on a Friday night and sit down right across from Yusuf's and just have a time? I don't know. Is, is busking legal? The fact that we've never heard that term on this podcast, we could assume yes. I, I don't know. I feel like there might be a public nuisance or something. But I mean, because when, uh, when I was in London, I mean, there's always like buskers and stuff. There's you know? street musicians all over the place. Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. And it's great. You stop, you listen to a song, you give them a dollar or a pound or whatever it is and you move you on. You go about your business. Yeah. Because I, th- I don't think because Trinidad is a commuting society in the sense that we have like a public transport system. Like we have... City gate, but you could flag a maxi anywhere. Yeah. So the because the reason the subway is so great in New York is because everybody goes through the subway. Yeah, and you have to go through one of the stops. You know, and you, you can't, have, just, can't just and you have to wait. Yeah. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do is hear nothing and people talking shit. So yeah. the music kind of helps in that regard. It's like yeah. oh, you know, Heathrow, I believe, or one of those airports has a piano in the terminal. Ooh. So if yeah, if you're bored, you can sit down and play. Yeah, yeah. But definitely, you know what? That should be an a Rock Avenue offshoot. You should make that happen. Yeah, busking. We get even if here's what to do. You talk to the people at Zah and be like, we're gonna throw it back to squeeze. You get the cases of coke or yeah. like the beer cases. Yeah. You line them up. You get some acoustic guitars. We have a, a small PA system. And yeah. you have everybody do a side of the road gig. Oh, I'd love that, you know? That would be cool. It'd be amazing. And that would actually be, that would be a really fun gig, actually. I would play that gig. That would be fun. Yeah, just people on the side of the road, like, drummer with a stripped-down kit. That's it. And it's just guitar, like, vocals it's, just, for PA. it's just a different vibe. Yeah. And it's something you don't see very often. And you know what? Best thing is it's free. And people, yeah. if they want to leave, they can leave. If people want to just hang out. And you do that probably like once or twice a month and then people are going to start expecting it. It's like, hey, you know, I always hear they always have music down at this place because these guys just all of a sudden start setting even in freaking Royal Castle, North Korea spot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, make a call, make something happen. And 
like these are the same thing i was i've told people if you want people to come to your show offer them something different yeah yeah definitely because i mean that's that's something that we we constantly fight with is what are we what are we doing to set it apart so that new people come because our rock community is mostly other musicians and it's old and it's old it's very old now we're starting to see some new people with rock av we definitely saw a bunch of weird people that like not weird, weird, but like weird, like we've never seen these people. I don't know I've who you are. I've never seen you before. Never seen you in my life yet you alone in a rock different. show. <laughs> you know? So I, I I would hope that it's a sign that people are tuning into it more. And I'm hoping that we get more people on the scene to support all, you know, we have so much amazing music. So many amazing bands, so many amazing producers, you know, solo singers. You know, we have so much amu- amazing music and I just want there to be more support for everyone so that we can build a viable scene and people can... I mean, at this point, you know that as a musician, unless you're doing something that's incredibly popular, you're paying to play. Your your yeah. Your instruments, your single... Everything is an investment. And at the end of the day, when you go to a gig, you're lucky if you get gas and food money. Yeah, if you, if, if when if, you split that between four or five member, people. Yeah, like if each member gets $100, you do good. Yeah. At some shows. Yeah. I mean, and if it's a show in South, that's half, we both drive CRVs. That's a very yeah. big freaking, that's a big tank. You know what I mean? That's a lot oh, of money going. So much gas, yeah. Yeah, to make that whole. Yeah, exactly. Especially with all your equipment in the car. Oh, yeah. That's uh, why I scaled out my equipment as much as possible. Yeah. So, you know, if we could have a viable scene where musicians are, you know, you may not be making a living, but you can at least justify the costs of a single, justify the costs of the guitars that we play, the amps that we play, all the pedals, all I, the I can't, I drum can't ju- symbols. I can't, I can't justify that oh, cost yeah, I because I, I play authentic. Oh yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. you know how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't justify jack shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but I totally love get what you're saying. <laughs> Sounds just like Les Pauls, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I totally get what you're saying because you because people at the end of the day, it's where the money is. And if you don't look at too long ago when Touchdown used to play, oh yeah, and you Good talk band. to guys like Arthur Reed and stuff, and I tell you they used to make like ten, fifteen thousand dollars in a, a show. gig. Yeah. Um, back then a beer was like $3, you know what I mean? That's yeah. a lot of freaking money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember even early in the days of me playing when, when bands were getting kind of big, you know, some of them were commanding five, six thousand yeah. to, to, to play. To play, to play a show, you, you're getting five grand. And like, yeah, and now people are like, you made $1,500. It was a great gig, you know? Yeah, it's like, oh, God, you made $500, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. man. Yeah. 500 and it's like it's great when like you know you you combine the amount of money you're selling merch and the money you get in ticket sales and it's like one massive lump sum it's like it's a community effort yeah exactly you know what i mean it's like you turn like you know a non-paying gig into a well-paid one that's what that's yeah. what we did with with frost fest because frost fest was we basically got the bly spot at the right at the, at the beginning yeah um didn't get a lot of money but we sold a shit ton of merch like, yeah as a plan and like that money we can basically use it to record whatever we want and 
Yeah. That's just how it is. You just have to be innovative. Yeah. And put in the work to get shit done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think there, there's a couple of bands now that like every time they play a show, they'll go record a single, you know? Yeah, which is which is great. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah. But definitely, um, because of the tragedy of the commons, I think, where that people don't go to central places to socialize anymore. Yeah. Like, we don't go to malls. We don't go to bars. Yeah. We can do all the socializing on Facebook. We've lost that, like, community. Yeah. Because I know a lot of the people who I see at shows now are the same people I remember from Coconuts. Yeah. Inside yeah. out seeing bands like Cobalized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, there's a couple new people, but it, it 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 was the older crew. It's a lot of older people, yeah. You know what I mean? And like some of these bars don't have like community goers where they just live in a bar and like, oh, they just happen to have for example, I happened to go to one of my first shows in um Outer Limits because I happened to be playing pool there and the guy's like, Oh, we have a rock band playing tonight. I'm like, wait, they have rock bands in turn on. Um, you know what I mean? Nice, it's like yeah. it was like one of oh, those. Oh, was that things. Gary's shows, uh Filth and the Fury Days? Way back when, yeah. Yeah, listen, real- those were my first shows. I was it was probably illegal for me to go there. Um, thankfully I knew Gary and they, they kinda let me in, but man, what a scene, bro. Yeah, getting you inside know? outer limits when you're like on the age. That's like oh, a yeah. scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was I was I was definitely like 15 14 15 yeah with like you know with hair on your head and like baggy clothes oh yeah listen i could have fit two people under each leg of my jeans you, you were know? like jinkos i was oh they were jinkos, they were yeah yeah, yeah. i was definitely on the new metal scene yeah, bro jinkos and like airwalks and like you know you had like oh, your, God. your chain wallet you, do you do you have pictures of me as a youth like no, i'm just guessing <laughs> That was that was exactly it, bro. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's Westmoreland's vibe, brother man. You yeah, know, yeah, you, yeah, you weren't shit unless you had a pair of silver tab or fucking Jinko jeans, brother man. Yeah, that's true. You that had is to true. Have those things? Those were rites of passage, and you yeah. have to have at least one no fair T shirt. Oh, I never had a no fair T shirt. Oh, I banned T shirts though. No, no fair or like you know or Quicksilver. Oh, I I still wear Quicksilver. Yeah, forget coral yeah. neck chain. I think it was like Ooh, the coral neck chains. Right now, I'm picturing like Polamar. <laughs> like late two thousand, like early two thousand Polamar yeah. with like a backwards New York Yankees hat oh. and coral neck chain. Listen, uh, I didn't do the coral neck chain. Uh, I did do most t-shirt. of those things. Yeah. Oh, it was a bad time. Paul, if you're listening, I just want you to know that I love you very much. Yeah. And you have to play your next show with a coral neck chain. Please. Just just, just for the old times. And one of those, uh, you know, uh, Limp Bizkit had that video. Fred Durst was wearing one of those like puffy jackets, but they're the sleeveless. The jacket has, yes. yeah. Oh, the core. I had one of those, man, oh. in Colorado. That was shit. You with sleeveless, how warm is that keeping you? Trust me, it keeps your chest warm. That's where the, all the heat is. Yeah, like, then your arms are cold. No, the rest of your body warms up because you're throwing shit down because you're listening to Limp Bizkit on your iPod. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Right? Yeah, yeah, I definitely. I did it all for the nookie, Scott. <laughs> Come <The> on. <laughs> I mean, those are the days. I, like, I feel like there's that counterculture is what's missing right now. Yeah. Because everybody just lives for their Instagram filters and all these things. And we do all our socialization online. But definitely the busking gig. You know what you gotta do? This is what you gotta do. Rock Avenue sprang gig. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And because I even had a conversation with a guy who I just learned was my neighbor yesterday. Ty Hadi. Apparently he's been living there his entire life. 
like oh, down, yeah, 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 down yeah. the street on the corner yeah yeah uh, even i i just learned this oh uh, yeah listen <sighs> all right i don't normally do this but i'm gonna have to put in the edit here we kind of went off on a tangent where we spent about i would probably say a good 45 minutes talking about a tree and when i listen back to it i think that's 45 minutes in my life i don't want to have you guys sit through because as much as i enjoyed talking about a tree with scott it it just it just didn't make sense and yeah we do ramble a lot on this podcast but this is just one time i think we may have to like you know cut this bit out so if you're hearing this thanks for listening we will continue shortly where we start talking about rock avenue and stuff like that but for now Enjoy this edit because this doesn't ever happen. For Rock Avenue, yeah. let's get in front of the venue with some acoustic guitars and just have a, a science and rock show here tomorrow. Yeah. And we just start playing covers on the side of the room. Yeah. Um, we were planning to do it, but we couldn't get people together. Like, it was so last minute because the show is Saturday. And I'm like, let's, I think about this. Let's do this. Like, like, let's, I'm like trying to plan it on Wednesday in my head, but everybody had like practice. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we it's difficult, do it. yeah. But most definitely, I've been I've been telling that because I I have PA equipment. Everybody has like yeah. If everybody just comes together, even with a few acoustic guitars and a microphone, you can t- yeah. turn into like a small like open night, open yeah. mic on the side. You're just people just say come if you want to play music, just come play. Yeah, I think that's like you need that community grassroots movement to start a scene, and then after that, you then well maybe we give you guys a little stage and you grow. Yeah, because everybody expects to be playing Madison Square Garden, and your bands only been together for like a month. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere. Musicians, man, they always put the carriage before the horse. Oh, sometimes, man. You know, like it's like, uh, I will, I will. uh, There are times I still do it. Like there are times where I'll be online and I'll be like, oh, this pedal, bro. Or if I get this guitar, I'll play better. There are times, and it's like, no. If I that's that's my fucking life. Yeah, if I if I practice more, I'll get better. Like this pedal is not gonna help me. I mean, mean, it might, but you sit down and look at it. Right now, I am battling between sponsors as who's get microphones for this damn podcast. It's a podcast, and I'm studying which microphone I should invest in. It's tough. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's tough. See, your shades here say Shaw and Sennheiser, and I'm a road guy, you know? I know, because I I can tell. You look like a road guy. (laughs) No offense, but you have that look. Yeah. Most people that use cameras and stuff like that are like road people because you actually take your microphones outside. Oh, yeah, we do. And if they break, you want to be able to fix them. To fix it, yeah. I mean, you you could just get, like, honestly, like, you should just get a Roya R one twenty one and an SM fifty seven. I have an SM fifty seven. All right, well there you go. There you go. Because guess what? You can use those to record your guitars. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, but that's why I have my SM fifty seven for. That's yeah. like my guitar mic. Yeah. But, but I don't know. Well, they see they see that sure, and I think these shades have a slight because I think this may be glow in the dark. Oh, they might be. And if that is, that's that's like ten points for sure. Oh, maybe. Because if you put glow in the dark on your swag. Yeah. Like that's that's like that's like that's like plus five, you know. Yeah. Plus everybody uses the SM seven B. So for those of you who are not watching the video podcast, Chris has some uh <laughs> swag from um from Gearfest and their shades and one is Sennheiser and one is Shaw. So we're trying to decide who's Which one is the one to invest in to, yeah. to, to make to make the podcast sound better because you need to hear our voice with proximity effect. 
Yeah. And yeah, all yeah. those fun things. But then again, ASMR. you know what? ASMR. ASMR podcast. ASMR podcast coming to you soon. Yeah. Live. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get people on. This is me rubbing the mic. Is that a chipmunk I'm hearing? <laughs> <laughs> No, but this, I mean, these are the things like musicians worry about. And I think like you want to put your best foot forward in terms of sound quality. But from what I learned in this whole experience that it doesn't matter. Once you get it out there, people will listen. Well, see, that's that's okay. So now we're getting into a little bit of a contradictory phase. I know, right? Because because we spoke about getting professionals to help you, You which is. But sometimes you just have have the idea. Sometimes you just you have to get started. You can't go to yeah. a professional if you don't have an idea. Yeah. Don't go to a professional and be like, I'm in a band. We don't have a name yet. Yeah. I mean, listen, there there are ways. I am always impressed by you can get an iPhone now, right? Like an old iPhone, let's say like an iPhone 6, which is pretty affordable. Or an, an old iPad, and you can put GarageBand on that. And record and, a whole, like, album. Yeah, and an iRig, right? Which which allows you to plug your guitar straight in. will have built-in effects in GarageBand and stuff. And the iRig is, like, 20 bucks. Yeah. So, you for, for, for very cheaply, you can start producing things, you yeah. know? And, and sketching your ideas and learning how to do it. And, I mean, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to sound amazing, but it'll get the ideas out. Yeah, I remember people when they first, like, before man had a typewriter, he just had, like, pencil and paper. Remember when people had slates? Yeah. Yeah. Chalk. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Shit rains and you lose all your work. Yeah, that's it. You had to commit to the memory. Yeah. You know, that's how you, that's how you had to get started. Yeah. So, you know, in passing, Scott always, always loved talking to you. You're, you're you're a great fella to talk to. We Thanks, come very, We talk a lot of shit. Yeah, we definitely and do. And we we know we know what it's like to work, and you know I hope people listen to us and follow some of the things. Yeah, we talk about. And don't don't be afraid to ask. Yeah, in, in, in you closing, can, you know, like I'm I'm a approachable guy. Chris is an approachable guy. Just just ask. Yeah, I mean, I might come off as kind of like you know kind of an asshole at times, but if you ask me, at my, times, at, yeah, at times. <laughs> but if you have like you know if, uh, if you want an honest opinion on something, I would give you that. And I'm yeah, we're always as musicians, we're always looking to help people, of course. And hopefully, you guys learn something here while listening to us ramble about doubles and asmr asmr and all sorts of madness for the past hour and change scott before you go where can the people find you if they need to find you scott oh secretive it's spelled s-e-k-r-i-t-i-v just search that google it facebook i don't really use twitter but i'm there instagram just find me People only Message use Twitter me. when they want to fight. Yeah, yeah. Facebook, Scott Homer, or I have a Facebook page. It's like it's whatever. Just find me, message me. I'll, 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 fi- I'll see the message. Yeah, and yeah. he'll respond. He's yeah. a good guy like that. Yeah, I mean, Scott, Scott was one of the first musicians who I felt I could ask anything, and he would give me an honest opinion. And that's that's what you need when you're starting out. So, yeah. young ones, experienced ones, thanks a lot for listening, Scott. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was great to be here. Coming on, looking forward to hearing Psychic Envy mash up the Orange Sky tribute. 
Yeah. You know, we didn't get a chance to talk about that, but that's okay. That's supposed to be, if I think about the launch schedule of this podcast in a week or two. Yeah. Look forward to it. Everybody, this has been the Only General Podcast. Thanks again and enjoy the rest of your day, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening to this entire episode. As always, like, share, and discuss in the comments. For future episodes, check us out on your favorite podcast platform or anchor.fm slash only general. Bye.